In today's shir, we're going to begin the halachas of Kenyanim. Kenyanim is a fascinating uh, area of halacha, primarily in the hashkafa behind it and in the mindset that a person is supposed to have. I don't know if you can say it's probably the the most um, the most intense as far as a person's machshava's intention is supposed to be. Pardon the pun. That a person should intend the proper intention as far as what he's committing to when he makes a kinyan. Now, even more than the act of the kinyan itself, it's the commitment that's involved in the kinyan that's important over here. And what the reason why I say that it's an intense thing is because in today's day and age, people don't give any value to their word. They can talk to someone, and they can talk about how they're going to buy something, and this and that, and, and you have no idea if you can even believe what they're saying. You know, if, and like the saying goes, if, he, if he's actually serious, then this is what's going to happen. Now, you, you can't even tell if a person's serious. So in Kenyonim, a person has to be real. He has to be, I shouldn't say intense, but he has to intend what he is saying. The intention has to be a real intention, and it has to be something that's bona fide. It can't just be um, just something off the cuff. It has to be something real. Now, there are many levels to this. There are many levels, let's call it commitment, involved in Kenyonim. The, the softest and the most subtle level is a Midas Hasidos, which means to say it's for a person of the highest integrity, the highest level of truth in their day-to-day -day life. So when, when a person does this first level, he's considered in the gather of a Midas Hasidos. What's this first level? So the Gemara Makas tells us that Rav Safra, they said about Rav Safra the following Pasa. The pastor says, A person who speaks truth in his heart. What does it mean to speak truth in your heart? The Gemara says that if Safra was sitting in a store, his store, and a buyer came in, made an offer on a certain item, let's say a certain piece of carpet, and he offered him $100, or Safra didn't respond. So the buyer upped the bid to $150, $200, and it kept on going on and on, until Rav finally responded and told him, I wasn't able to answer you because I was in the middle of saying Shema. And since I was in the middle of saying Shema, I, I would have wanted to agree to your first offer, but I couldn't answer you. Therefore, I'm going to give it to you for the original offer that you made. This is an incredible level of integrity. A person is selling a house for a certain price. Someone, a realtor calls up and says, yes, my, my client wants to buy it for that price. He doesn't hear a response for whatever reason right away, he says, I'll get back to you. So the buyer, who's afraid to lose the opportunity, ups the bid, and, and ups it maybe a few times, or he gets multiple, sends multiple emails. The Allah is, Dibra Amos Bilvava is a Midas Hasidus. Again, it's not required, but it's a very special level of integrity that a person should agree to the original price. So you meet someone coming into a shear, and you know that he's selling his car, and you say, listen, I'll give you $4,000 for your used car. The guy says, okay, I'll think about it. And you also sit and think about it. And after this year, you walk out and say, you know what, I'll give you $4,500 for your car. So the guy, if he's a he'll tell you, I already had come to terms in my mind during this year that I'm going to give it to you for $4,000. I'm giving it to you for $4,000. That's Dibra So we could say the first stage of a Kenyan is the mental decision to sell something that level of mental commitment requires al-pi midas that a person keeps to that level of commitment. 
The second stage, we can say, in, in Kenyonim, is what we would call Mechusar Abbona. Mechusar Abbona means that someone is not a trustworthy person, and vice versa, if he keeps this level of commitment, he is a trustworthy person. What does that mean? This is already when the commitment was verbalized. It's not simply in the mind, it's not in the thought, it's not just a midas chasidas. This is a very fundamental halacha, that a person who agrees with someone verbally, that he's going to sell them something, or he's going to buy something from them, or whatever it is, they, they're required to keep their verbal commitment. That's why if a person does not keep the, the verbal commitment, he gets this term, mechoser amana, means the same untrustworthy person. He's not someone that Chazal view favorably. We not give him shlishi. And as we mentioned multiple times in a shir, when Chazal give a label to somebody, like Rebchaim Kanyevsky writes in Archish that label will stick with them forever in the next world as well. So we don't want to be in a situation where we're considered untrustworthy. Now where does this learn from? The Gemara says this is learned from a pasuk of Hin Sedek. A person should, his Hin, his truth, when he says yes, Hin, it should be tzedek, or, it, or the same thing, ain. when he says no, it should also be tzedek. That means to say he should be serious. People say, oh, it's no big deal, so I said something, I could change my mind. No, and the, the Torah does not view a verbal commitment as something you can simply change your mind. When you commit to something verbally, you're required to keep that commitment. This is an incredible revelation to many people. Aside from being common sense, that it's actually a halacha in Cheshemishra, that a person who commits to something is required to keep their word. And therefore, before a person commits to something, they should think twice before they do. Now, again, if something was just mentioned on the fly or off the cuff, and, and we don't see any serious commitment, that's a different story. But many times the conversation can be serious, but then, subsequently, the person changes their mind for whatever reason, and therefore that's going to be... A, a, a person who would be labeled Mechos Rambam. Now we're going to get to, back to both of these levels in a minute. Let's continue with the third level of a transaction. The third level of the process of a transaction would be paying money. Paying money is something that most people would assume would be the consummation of a transaction, right? Cash is king. We would think that cash is the best way how to make a Kenyan. So the Torah tells us, the Gemara tells us about Metziah, that Chazal made an interesting rule. Chazal made a rule that cash does not acquire movable items. What's the logic behind that? So let's say a person has a, has a uh, technology store, he's selling all kinds of electronics, electronic store, he's selling laptops, and you make an order from him for a thousand laptops, and you're paying cash to get a special price, and, God forbid, there's a fire, Chazal Shalom, is he going to do anything about your laptop, or he's going to be working on saving his stuff first? So obviously he's going to work to save his stuff first. He's not going to save your thing because it's still sitting in the store. He didn't have it delivered it yet, but it's yours because you paid cash. So Chazal said, Sheva Yoimru, we're afraid that he'll tell him your wheat was burnt in a fire in the attic, so I couldn't save it, and the buyer will never receive it. Therefore, Chazal said, cash is not enough. You have to actually receive physical acquisition of the item in order to consummate a Kenyan. So that is really the fourth level of a Kenyan, and that is after you, there's a cash payment, there's the actual Kenyan, where you can acquire something with Mashiach, Hagbah, etc. So let's review the four stages. This first stage is a commitment in the mind, 
The second stage is a level of commitment to a verbal expression, which, as we said, is a real commitment in halacha. The third level is paying cash. And the fourth level is the physical acquisition to the item. Now we're going to take apart these four levels even further. Many times in the market, there's a fluctuation in market price. There's a fluctuation. You met somebody one morning, you told them, I'm going to be uh, buying this, uh, whatever it is, let's say he's a stockbroker, I'm going to be buying 10,000 shares of American Airlines, or I'll buy 100 shares of Dogecoin. And then suddenly what happens is that the market tanks. The, 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 the White House issues some kind of tax restriction, all the stocks plummet, and you want to change your mind, you want to back out. So here we have an interesting situation which, even though there was this commitment in the mind, and even a verbal commitment, <clears throat> what would be the status as far as retracting? So let's talk about a verbal commitment, even though that's the second level, but that's where it's clearly discussed in halacha. The Ramah, at the end of Simon Reish Dalit, the Chesh Mishpat, writes that it's a machloikas, if a person makes a verbal commitment, and then there's a trade tari situation, which means two market rates that fluctuated from one rate to the other rate, does, does that allow the parties to back out? So Ramah says that he passes like the opinion that you cannot back out, you're not allowed to back out, even in a situation of a market tanking or a difference in price, because, a significant difference in price, because the, the concept of verbal commitment is a real thing and you have to keep your word even in this case. The Chassam Seifer, on the other hand, writes that in a situation of Trey Tari, Chassam Seifer, Chassam Mishpat, says that we hold like the Paiskim that allow you to renege on a verbal commitment when there was a change in the market price. So if you have this situation that we discussed, According to the Chassam Seifer, you would be allowed to back out. And that is the halacha, the common contemporary psaq that today most of us follow. However, the Archa Shulchan writes that even in the case of Trey Tari, there still is a Midas Hasidus to try to keep to the original commitment if possible. Now that's a similar concept to Daira Amos Bovavi. Daira Amos Bovavi, we said, was a decision in the mind a commitment in the mind, which obviously means a final level of commitment in your mind, not just a fleeting thought, that level of commitment requires that you should follow through. So trade tari, when it comes to Mechusra means a verbal commitment in a situation of a fluctuation of market price, is also a midas hasidus not to renege. The Pesach actually has a suffix, if in Deiver Emes Belvavoy, when it comes to a, a, a commitment in the mind, the decision to sell in your mind, how does that change if there's a market fluctuation? He's unsure if there will be a, a person could back out of, a, if, of this Midas Hasidus. If he wants to keep the Midas Hasidus, would that Midas Hasidus apply even in a market change or not? So I actually found that Rashi is mashma that even in a significant market change, there still is a Midas Hasidus or a person not to back out. And similarly, I believe that Zarah Hashanah would go along the same lines that just like there's a Ramana, a verbal commitment, you also have a Midas Hasidus even in that situation. So Midas Hasidus is not something that will change um, on market fluctuations. However, verbal commitments will change on a market fluctuation. Now, the, there's an interesting, very interesting application of this halacha of, let's talk about the first level of Daira Emes Bilbaba. Daira Emes Bilbaba, something in the mind would seem almost 
like the opposite or the antithesis of today's market trends, which people are very, like we spoke many times, people are cutthroat in business, they're ruthless, they feel that to make the dollar, they're, they're allowed to do anything they can do, and they'll do things that are not, that are not acceptable in business. So you're talking about a person honoring a commitment in his mind, this is like almost talking, person, talking a different language to the person. But the Torah tells us that a Yid, this is the most important thing, a Yid has to realize that when it comes to transaction, when it comes to Kenyonim, a level of commitment is valuable. Now where do you have this level of Dabrav in practical terms? Now we said before the few different cases that you can have it. I'll tell you another very interesting case. The Torah in Simon Reish, the Torah writes, that if a person goes into a store and tells the, the proprietor, tells the owner of the store, um, I like that, that uh, grinder that you have over there. That lady walks in, she likes it for an appliance, a grinder, and she says, but I'm not sure if this is something that's going to fit my needs. So many times you'll have that the proprietor will tell them, you know what, take it home, try it. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, you can give it back. What will it be if she takes it home, she tries it, and she likes it? However, she decides, you know what, I'm not in the mood of a grinder anymore. I want to, do, I want to get something else. The tour says a person who, who made that kind of agreement, and in their mind, they came to the recognition that this is the item that they want. This is actually exactly what they were looking for. It's considered a lack of honesty or integrity on this high level. I see this for a person to back out on this level and say, you know what, I don't need it anymore for whatever reason. If you made up with the person that you're going to try it, and if you like it, you're going to keep it, and you see that you like it, you should keep it, because that would be a concern of David Eversol Lovit. We've spoken multiple times at the Shulchan Aruch Rav, notable for his summary of Chesha Mishvah, he writes, when he brings the halachas of Kenyanim, in fact, he doesn't even discuss the physical actions of Kenyanim, but he focuses tremendously on the theoretical, I guess you could call it, on the commitment level, on the Musar aspect, the Ashkaf aspect, on the level of the Kenyanin that Chazal spoke about. The Dairamus Bovava is one of the levels, like we said. The second level is Muchusar Amona, which he talks about over there. And then the third level is when a person pays cash. And the fourth level, the actual Kenyan, that level he, he leaves out. So he goes to the first three levels, and he focuses on that tremendously, but the actual Kenyan he leaves out. Now why is that? So I believe the reason is because, as we're going to see in, in subsequent shiurim, kinyanim will change over time. Chazal recognized evolving kinyanim as valid kinyanim, but commitment to kinyanim is not something that's going to change over time. We're not going to accept people who establish a, a protocol where you're allowed to lie in business. If you make an official policy where we're allowed to lie to each other, Chazal will not recognize that in business. In fact, there's a Pesach Tshuva and Simon Kofnun Vav that talks about a group of Seifrim that want to allow competition against Halacha. And he writes that we're not going to allow such a thing, it's a Kesher Baikdim, we're not going to allow it. So in the commitment level of Kenyanim, that remained through time. That will not change. So that level of, of when you give a verbal commitment to, to, that your word should be gold and should stay what it means, that level of Chazal did not change. Now I want to add something to the third level, and that is paying cash. And this is a very important discussion, we're going to discuss it later, Shear, and the, the, the concept of, so if cash doesn't mean something, so what prevents a person who pays cash from backing out of an agreement? So obviously, like we just said before, there are two other 
deterrence. One is the level of Dairam's Mavavai, and the other level is Mechusar Amana. However, we said that Mechusar Amana has a loophole in a case of market fluctuation. So, in the case of a cash payment, would a person be allowed to take advantage of this loophole? The answer is absolutely not. Once you pay with cash, you are locked into the, to the Kenyan, even though the item is not yours yet. Now, how did Chazal lock you in if it's not yours? So, Chazal instituted something interesting called Misha Para. Misha Para was a curse, which we're going to discuss in Mishra next week, and it was a curse that was served as a deterrent that if a person pays cash and he's so deeply involved in the Kenyan, and because of a change in the market, or whatever reason he decides he wants to back out, we're going to, we're going to examine valid reasons, but for invalid reasons, he's going to be subject to this curse that Chazal instituted, which is a very serious curse, and therefore he's going to be deterred from backing out, even in a case of a market fluctuation. So this level of paying cash, even though it's not an acquisition, which is a very big chiddush to all of us, and again, I just want to say this is only by movable items, by karka, cash does work, unless there's a custom... Otherwise, if you need a star or, or etc., there, there are various um, caveats involved, but cash in, in general would work. However, Bamitatlam does not work, but once a person pays cash, he is locked in firmly into the Kenyan, and there is no hatred to get out of it if there's a market fluctuation because of that level of commitment. So, as we said before, backing out of a Kenyan of a commitment is a very serious thing. And that's probably the most fundamental introduction possible for the Allah of Kinyanu.